Like I, I, I've always been sort of a busy bee um, that has a ton going on at all times. And so I would say at the start of quarantine, it was the first time where it was like, wow, I don't have a job. Like I, I realized I had, I hadn't been unemployed since high school. What up, everybody? This is The Great Overthinker, and I am your host, Jazamar. I'm feeling good. I'm very tired, but we're going to do this. I'm very ready as well. So for today's guest, we have someone who I love, who whose friendship I, I really, really appreciate. We go way, way back. And yes, I'm just glad that she's here, you know, here to talk to me today. Uh, she is on the East Coast doing her thing. She has photo shoots all the time that are very fly and melanated, and we love them. <laughs> so, you know, I would like to welcome to the show my good friend, Liz. What's hey, up? Liz. Hey, Liz. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. You know, yeah. East Coast living right now. I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to make yeah. it pop. I'm trying to make it pop. I love it. Yo, I was, uh, we were talking about earlier, I was like, I want to catch up with you on the show because I haven't like literally talked to you in a while. I'm even texting, but you know, just how has life been in general? I mean, I, I haven't seen you. I I quarantine is a mess, like, but. Yeah, I think I saw you in April because I came into town for like Easter weekend mm-hmm. to visit my nephew who was born in March. Yeah. Um, and so we had a yeah. little beach date. That was fun. It was. Yeah, how's uh, East Coast life for you? You know, it's crazy. I feel like, you know, everyone told me before I moved from L.A. to New York, like, oh, you're going to experience seasons. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, we have seasons in L.A. Mm-hmm. They're not that different. No, we don't. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I didn't, I, you know, I grew up in L.A. So, like, I'm like, okay, yeah. it's summertime, you know, it's, it's yeah, the, the sun is out longer. In fall, you get to wear cute layers. And so being in mm. e- on the East Coast, it's like, oh, y'all have, like, season seasons like <laughs> and so this past winter was like super cold here and then we were in spring for a little while but they have what we call full spring where basically like it'll be warm for a couple of days and then all of a sudden it's back to like snow or rain but oh, wow. I feel like recently it's actually become spring like it's actually starting to get hot i think it's going to be like 80 something tomorrow so i'm excited because it's kind of great weather but before that humidity hits because that's another thing i'm not really used to yeah. um so yeah <laughs> i'm excited yeah so we're gonna get into you know who you are what you do you know all those good things but before we get into that uh i sent you the will of random the will oh. of randomness <laughs> yes. yeah. so are you ready to spend the will of randomness i am Yay! <laughs> so you can spend whenever you're ready. Okay, I got. You gonna eat that? Oh, <laughs> so you gonna eat that? Is basically I'll be getting hype for when I know it. Oh, yeah, I'm like you <laughs> know like, something that. Yeah, I people know. are like, yeah, they're like, uh, we don't know what that is, sir. Um, so you gonna eat that is basically, is there something that you eat or a combination of food that other people may think is weird? 
Uh, um, a combination of food. Yeah. So, for example, like you know, some people. I saw this Saweetie. She puts, I think, oh yeah, sugar or something on spaghetti. I had someone on the show who said that as well. I was like, I, I don't think I've heard of that. Yeah, um, I do. Or just like a food that you eat that some people may think is is weird. What's happening? Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. really trying to think because I'm like, I want it to be a good answer. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what I used to eat though. While you're thinking, so I don't eat it now. Um, so I'm from the south, and you already know, like. We eat everything usually. <laughs> I, yeah. I personally don't eat everything, but when I was younger, I would. So we used to eat from the grocery store, not from the grocery store, from the like the corner market. It was pickled pig lip. Pickled pig lip. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was a thing, and it was really good. I like I don't think I would eat it now. Huh? What was the texture like though? Like what um, was the pig lip? Feel oh my like. god! I don't know. It, it's like pig lip. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really trying to think. Like, what do because I'm like I, I can I can picture what a pig like snout looks like, but I'm like, yeah. what does a pig lip? What does a pig? It's lip like that look same, like? but but it's like that same kind of texture. Like it is, it's pretty solid. Like it's not super soft or anything. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I'm really trying to. I'm like about to Google this. Like, what does pig? Yo, it it. Well, that was part of my life. So I eat that. If we talk about my grandmother and people like that, they eating everything. But oh wow, I have my occasional pig lip. That's interesting. I feel like something that's weird that like isn't even supposed to be edible is like when I was a little kid, I used to love the taste of newspaper. I know that's weird, ma'am. I know. Ma'am. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. It's horrible. Oh and my gosh. I know. It's so weird. Wait, how old were you? Uh, like eight, ten. I'm gonna say it better be under ten. I, That's the only. I, I really. I mean, to this day, I probably like. I'm. I, I wouldn't sit there and eat like a whole page, but just like a little, a little corner. Okay, like a, a little sample. Just a little sample, you know. A little like, appetizer. <laughs> I get it. You I know, get it. Quick, I don't know what it was because I mean, this was back in the day where like you used to go to the newspaper and I would go to like the TV section and the TV guide and figure out what was going to be on TV that night. Like this was yeah. back in those days, so. Um, I remember like getting the newspaper thrown on our porch every day. I don't even know if that still happens in any part of the country, but yeah, every day we would get the daily breeze on our porch. Um, and then on Sundays it was like the bigger issue where they would have like the cartoons, and my mom mm-hmm. would make us cut out. And you just eating it up, literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was certain pages. <laughs> the tiny pages were not good. It was like the the, the black and white. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love you for this. Look, it's all about being honest, walking uh, in your truth. I mean, it's not a pig. I love it, it, but it did. It did what needed to. I mean, it gave what it was supposed to give. Okay. I mean, I hear you. Look, I think it's funny. I mean, kids be trying all the things. I don't mm-hmm. think I was really, but I wasn't really that type of child. Like, I didn't eat play doh or any of those things. I'm just like mm. play doh was salty. That's all I'll I remember. Pass. It was like super salty. <laughs> no, I wasn't that like taste curious 
type of child. So, ah, I mean, I get it because I know a lot of people who were put it, uh, a taste curious child. That sounds very yeah millennial of you. <laughs> right. I mean, but there's different things like you want to try it in different ways. And some people are like, hmm, I'm going to taste this thing. I was not that person. So, well, thank you for spinning the wheel of randomness with us. Oh, I love that that story. <laughs> Come on, newspaper. <laughs> cool. So now we're going to get into learning a little bit more about who you are. So who is Liz? What you want us to know? Oh, gosh. I never know how to answer these questions. I mean, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind is like, okay, what are the salient parts of my identity? Um, I'm a Black woman. I think first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, I'm Nigerian American, so I feel like that has impacted who I am and what I do. Um, first generation American um, from LA, born and raised. Went to school hey. in LA, went to college in LA, grad school. Um, pretty much lived in the same like little 10, 15 mile radius for a while, which is part of the reason why I moved to New York because I was like, I don't want to be 45 and have lived in the same part of the same state my entire life. Um, I think of myself as a creative, an artist. Um, Most of my experience is in musical theater, but you know, I write, I act, I dance a little bit, twerk a little something. But I also consider myself kind of a nerd. I was pre-med in college, taught high school biology for a few years. Um, and I'm the kind of person that I forgot oh. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, right? that happened. That was a thing. <laughs> right? Like I'm. Oh my gosh, yeah, you're I'm a whole ass of, teacher. I'm kind of nerdy. Yeah. Like I will literally yeah. like do brain teasers on my phone just to make sure that I keep my like brain agile. But mm. yeah, but I love that stuff. I love the 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 idea of like. I mean, obviously it's a little bit antiquated, but the idea of like left brain and right brain and trying to foster both parts of who you are. So I've always sort of been in my life. I've never necessarily been in a part. Wait, what am I trying to say? I've never in my life only been focused on like something that stimulates my mind or only been focused on something that stimulates my creative spirit. I've always tried to do both because I find Mm. pleasure in both. Um, Wow. But yeah, I would say that I'm a Christian. I love God. I love my family. Very mm-hmm. family oriented. Um, try not to take myself too seriously, but do a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a little about me and who I am. Daughter, sister, yeah. aunt. Love a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yo, love it. Cool. But yes, thanks for sharing, you know, who you are, a little bit of who you are. And, you know, I preface every overthought conversation with this question because we're on the show. But, you know, do you consider yourself an overthinker or no? I definitely do, unfortunately. Everybody be overthinking. Um, I didn't even know. You know, I did not know this was a thing. Everyone. Everyone has something they overthink about. Mm-hmm. Like there, there might be people that are like perpetually overthinkers, but I feel like no mm-hmm. matter, even if someone's like, I don't overthink things, there's probably something that yeah. is at the top of their mind more than normal. You know, whether it be fitness because they're on a fitness journey or trying to run away from one, or if it's you know 
if they're of a certain age and are thinking about certain transitions, like I feel like there's always going to be something top of mind. And anybody yeah. else who says they're not an overthinker, they're lying. That's what I think. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Just fine. So, I mean, well, what kind of things, I mean, this is deviating a little bit from what, you know, we're going to talk about, but um, you don't have to get into it. But like, what kind of things do you overthink? Like high level. Ooh. I mean, it depends on the day of the week. <laughs> mm. um, so I would say sometimes I overthink certain social interactions, um, mm. whether it be a positive experience that I had and like, okay, did that really happen positively or am I overthinking it or a negative experience I've had where I'm like rethinking like, okay, did I handle that correctly? Or what does this person think about what I said or what I didn't say? So I feel like mm. social interactions for me sometimes fall into that overthinking category. Um, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> there have been so many times where like a day later, I'm over, I'm replaying a conversation in the shower over and over again. Like, did I do that correctly? Did I not? You know, wow. so I would say social, Yo, I... social situations. Um, because it's funny, like I consider myself very introverted, but I've always had roles or jobs that have required me to sort of take my extroversion on display. And so mm. I think that combination of like normally being introverted, but having to be extroverted in places of work, um, leads yeah. to me overthinking a lot in just the way that I communicate yeah. and then also like self-regulating the way I communicate being a black woman in the United States um, and being consistently put in scenarios where I am of the minority and trying not to fall into a trope of sorts. And it's like, am I really uh, falling into this trope or am I self yeah. regulating myself? And what is the unlearning that needs to be done so that I'm not having to like essentially police myself and who I am. But that we, we can talk about that for like that. Right, I was like, let's change the subject. I'm just like, because <laughs> I was ready. Right, I'm like, I just don't kidding. Know what you got going on, but uh... just kidding. But you know, yeah. so I would say that talk... that to me is the most consistent. I think I have um, seasons of overthinking like physical things. I have seasons of uh -huh. overthinking finances. I have seasons yeah. of overthinking, you know becoming older and kids and timelines um but i would say most consistently for me would probably be social got you yeah that used to be me but i'm like mm -mm. <laughs> i can't do this no more i just can't do this no more <laughs> so i mean it's still a challenge i think but you know you you it's a journey so you're just trying to figure out just how to get through the day the week and and keep going you know so you know we're figuring it out mm -hmm. but yeah so you know now i want to get into our overthought conversation today and you know you mentioned earlier in your you know who is liz portion <laughs> uh, you said that you were a creative you know you're in the theater world and recently um as of you know what, what year was that 2000 when did you move to new york um, January 1st, 2019. Got you. So you were already working before that, but you're like, look, 
I'm going to level up and do something different and I'm going to <laughs> move up. to New York <laughs> and I'm going to do this acting thing full time and, and figure it out. And yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, I've, I've watched you and Aww. it's been really, really cool. But, you know, last year we had this thing called coronavirus that came and kind of shifted <laughs> a lot of, you know, what was going on. You know, there's people were losing jobs and finances for people were getting, you know, hectic and chaotic and all these things. Well, and there was definitely. a bunch of, right? There was just a bunch of uncertainty. And, you know, for me, I'm not a creative nine to five, you know, I don't make my living that way, but I know people who do. I know a lot of people who do, not necessarily close friends, but, you know, living in LA, you you just know people. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm thinking about the movie theater is, you know, not open anymore. Movies are not being released. TV shows aren't filming uh, concerts are not, you know, taking place. And I'm just like, um, so what are the creatives mm-hmm. doing right mm-hmm. now? Yeah. And, and, you know, in my heart, I'm like, I hope they're fine. I, I think they're okay. But I just know some people who are, this is their life. This is what right. they do. So, um, you know, my question to you or just our, our conversation is going to be around navigating quarantine life as a creative. So my first question for you is just, how has it been uh, navigating quarantine as a creative so far and specifically kind of take us to, you know, where things really started to shift for you as a creative um, in the industry working around like March, April of 2020? Yeah, so um, that's a very loaded question. Big question, question. I know. <laughs> it, it is. Breaking into pieces, baby. Yeah, that's all yeah. I can say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I was on blessed to be on the national tour of The Color Purple um, up until March 2020. And mm-hmm. um, it's crazy just really playing those couple of days prior to being sent home in my head because I feel like everything changed in a matter of minutes. Like I, I want to say maybe like May 1st, no, not May, March 1st, um, started hearing murmurings of like, Oh, coronavirus might be in the United States. Um, and at that time there was no mention of it impacting our tour at all. I actually ended up flying to LA for like an audition a couple of days before. So like I had just been on a plane, no mask, chilling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say maybe the second week in March, so like March 7th, March 8th, I had a couple of friends that were in tours elsewhere that were being sent home. So we were like, mm, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember like talking to our company manager and he was like, okay, so some of our shows in the next week are going to, might be canceled, but like, that's fine. We're just going to keep everyone together. So that way we can keep it safe. So we're like, okay, cool. We were like in Key West, Paris, Salem. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in Key wow. West, but it feels like you're in a different no. country. Like it's a Island off no. the coast of Florida. Um, and there was no issues there. Like we were, you know, drinking margaritas, eating tacos, everything was fine. Then 
I would say like 48 hours later, they're like, so here's the deal. <laughs> We're going to send you home for a month and you have 30 minutes to tell us which airport you want to fly to. So 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm -mm. Cause they had to book flight because basically this was on a Saturday and they told us we were flying home on a Monday. Wow. Yeah. And so wow. I was like, um, <laughs> and at this point Excuse we're me? seeing that New York had become sort of the epicenter of it, like almost overnight. And mm. I had thought I was going to be on tour until June as did everyone else on, you know, on the tour. And so I had already like sublet my place. So I was like, okay, I don't even have a place to sleep in New York. And they're saying that's where everything is. So I'm like calling my family like, hey, y'all, can I stay with somebody for a month? It'll be fine. Um, ended up flying back to L.A. And then 10 days into that month, they were like, sorry, we're actually going to just shut it down completely because we don't know if we'd be ever to, ever wow. able to go back on the road. And it's crazy Dang. because like. I remember when I first got to LA, this was like March, like 16, 17, um, we were watching CNN and CNN kind of had this like ticker of how many people had gotten the virus. And I, I remember it was still like 400 at that time, if that. So to see how many people now, I think it's in the millions that have contracted COVID over the yeah. past year is nuts. And it was hard because part of me is like, you know, obviously this is a global emergency and so i can't be upset that my you know little dream to be on stage is being boarded right now because you know there are people that are legitimately dying um but it also was just like dang like i had my dream job and i became unemployed in like two days <laughs> like there was wow. no working from home alternative there was no like okay well we can rework it it's like there's no way to do this from home right now. And so wow. even then when I got back in March and April, there was still this sort of hope like, oh, okay, well by summer, things have to be able to come back. So there were theaters that were still doing auditions and they were just like, okay, we're just gonna do it digitally. And then, you know, by summer 2020, we should be good. And so yeah. to consistently like think that we're good and then have things be pushed back more and more it kind of became apparent like man no one really knows what's going on and it it was really unfortunate and i think theater yeah. in particular suffered a lot because i think with tv film they had to get creative right it's like okay well if we put everyone sort of in a bubble kind of like what the nba did um you know maybe we could film it and then edit and so you did have some tv and film stuff that happened during covid like i don't know did you see malcolm and marie on netflix i did yeah, yeah. so like that was filmed during covid they basically like put everyone in a bubble oh. there were only two people in the cast obviously um and i believe they actually ended up hiring a lot of the people from euphoria um to like keep them employed and so there were ways for tv film to kind of make it happen because you're not depending on a live audience whereas with theater you're depending on a live audience you're depending on people being able to sit close exactly in close proximity to each other and so it kind of became impossible so it was just hard um and so difficult. what was yeah so what was you know your home uh 
and you're like, okay, what, <laughs> what is the next step? So <sighs> what was that process like? And like, what did you do? What were your next yeah. steps? Yeah. So here, here's the, the Virgo rising in me. Um, I got, <laughs> Come on, Virgo. <laughs> so <laughs> I landed in LA March 16th and I had a job interview on March 17th. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my thought was like, I thought, again, I thought at that time, okay, I'm going back to theater in a month. So let me just get a little job for the month. And, you know, mm-hmm. I used to work bridal. So I, I got a job interview at a bridal shop on March 17th. I was hired on March 17th. And then by March 18th, they had received notice that they could not <laughs> stay open because LA was shutting down all essential <laughs> business. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, literally like within three days I had lost the musical theater job, gained the bridal job, and then lost the bridal job because they were shut down. Damn. Yeah. So at that time I was like, damn, okay. So what I start doing, I start I basically help raise my knees because I'm staying with my brother and and sister in law. And they were both still going into work every day because they both were um fell under the transportation br- umbrella and so they were still going into work. So I was basically helping raise my niece, which was awesome. Like, I will not trade those few months with her for the world. Um, it was amazing just being able to spend some quality time with her and help her through milestones of, like, learning how to walk and talk. Um, but for me, it was like, okay, well, what do I do now? I kind of felt defeated. Um, mm-hmm. I felt bummy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm in my 20s staying <laughs> in my brother's house because I am an unemployed and don't have my actual apartment in New York City, which I moved to, you know, on a whim the year before. So it was kind of like, dang, like, yeah, what do you do? And mm-hmm. oddly enough, I started watching Selling Sunset on Netflix, which is like, I don't, did you watch Selling Sunset? Mm-mm. Okay, what it's like that? this reality show about this um, real estate firm in L.A. So I started watching the show and it was funny because real estate was something that had like, it it was in the back of my head, like, oh, maybe this is something that I could do, you know, further down the line. And so I'm watching Mm -hmm. Selling Sunset and obviously I know it's a glamorization of the industry as reality is, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, I could do what they doing. Like I could do this. Um, and oddly enough, there was this real estate firm in New York that was posting on this website that actors go to for audition. And they were like, yo, we're looking for actors who are thinking about real estate. And I was like, God, really? this is a mess. Like, honestly, yes. Yo, that's I was like, wild. God, is this you? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes, me. Yes, me. <laughs> so I wow. did my research and I found there was someone that worked in their firm that on in her bio said that she had worked, um, she had moved to New York for musical theater and then did real estate. And I was like, okay, this sounds kind of like me. So I hit her up and we have a conversation. And I was like trying to pick her brain. Like, okay, well, how feasible it is, is it? Like, Da-da-da-da. And she was like, yeah, it's great. It's flexible. You determine your own hours. You have no ceiling with your salary. And I was like, okay, like this sounds cool. So I ended up getting hired with the brokerage. I started my real estate courses. Um, and my thought was like, okay, well, let me just hustle with this real estate game until theater gets back. Like that was really my goal. 
I didn't realize that it would be, you know, a year plus still with theater not being fully open. But I'm really grateful that I dived into that because I've been able to sort of build out that career for the past, you know, nine going on 10 months, I think. Um, So, yeah, I kind of threw myself into something else for the time being and then found other ways to open up my creative side and i feel like tiktok for me <laughs> was mm-hmm. i was gonna get into it yeah i'm on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah. I, I was gonna ask you how was because you said earlier you you consider yourself an overthinker so i'm listening to this story and i'm like look um <laughs> there's a lot happening mm-hmm. and how so how did you like I don't know what specific thoughts you had during that time. Like, you know, you may feel down on yourself and things like that. Yeah. But how did you find it to be challenging to motivate yourself to do something different when it's like, well, I want to act. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Like how challenging was it? Was, was, how challenging was it for you to start in a completely different industry when that industry is nothing you know, like what you really want to do. You know, it's interesting. Like I realize I've done a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. at the center of it, it's kind of all related in, in terms of people, right? Like real estate is getting to know someone, figuring out what their, you know, their preferences are and then matching them with what they need. And it was kind of like bridal, like, a, you know, a, a wife or a, a bride will walk in, tell me what she's looking for. I'll pull ideas that align with what she said. I'll put, try and push her thinking on some things. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like, okay, this is like bridal, just like instead of a, a wedding dress, we're looking at apartments. And so I think for mm. me, it was actually a little bit more seamless than to the than the average person would think right because you hear like okay you were a teacher and then you were a recruiter and then you were working in bridal and now you're a realtor but for me it's like oh it's actually you know getting to know people and matching them with what they need same way i got to know my students and figured out like okay how do i get you this knowledge that you need this biology knowledge and make sure that i'm tailoring it based on who i'm talking to right so like what a strategy that works for this bride isn't necessarily going to work for this bride. And the same thing with real estate. Like some clients function and are type A and need a certain level of support than other clients who might be like, I don't really care. I'm just looking for a place to sleep and I'm less picky. So I think for me, I've become really good at compartmentalizing things to my benefit and to my detriment. I think the overthinking for me was overthinking like the perception of it and not wanting to look like uh, a I'm giving up on my dream because I think there's a stigma in the creative community that oh if you have a quote unquote survival job or a day job or yeah. a career that you're taking away from your actual passion. So I think for me it was yeah. overthinking those implications as well as overthinking like what if theater doesn't come back what do i do now (laughs) and is this like a temporary switch or is this something that i want to integrate long term coupled with the overthinking of okay i'm getting older i potentially want to start a family soon 
thinking about financial stability and the ability for me to do that with a creative career versus something a little quote-unquote more stable so I yeah, think that gotcha. is where the overthinking came in less so the actual switch makes sense makes sense so how did you make sure that you were still working at your craft when you couldn't that was perform hard it, honestly it was in waves like there were some weeks where i was like yeah i'm gonna take like classes and stay on top of things and um i'm gonna you know uh, watch tv not as a consumer but as like to study and and then there were other days where i was like i don't want to do any of that like what's yeah. the point especially with everything that was happening in the black community like you know when you have people dying at the hands of the police excuse me when you have people dying at the hands of the police and you have people that still don't have clean water and you have people that you know like it, it was yeah, hard for me sometimes to justify my need to be on a stage mm -hmm. given everything that was happening in our country yeah i i remember us briefly having a conversation about that like yeah not necessarily this in particular but we were talking about like you know yeah with feeling the, the need to the, yeah. protest and doing yeah. these other things and we were talking about like doing what you feel led to do at the time so right. some people are in positions where look i feel led to go rally and protest and do my thing out there and then some people feel led to do whatever that thing is um they feel called to do and i think <laughs> to a degree you know black people doing the thing whatever that thing is black people doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing or they feel called to do is almost like an act <laughs> of like it's almost political oh, it you is. know uh it feels it, that it way is. so i'm like Yo, if you just do the thing, you know, yeah. that you feel led to do because your heart is still for the people and you're still trying to push us forward and it may be in this different capacity capacity. And if you ever feel led to go to a protest, you do that thing. You know, I think we we all put ourselves in um under this, I don't know, extreme pressure to to have our support specifically as black people look like another black person's right. know, support and I of think, the cause. So. And I do think that, that part of that is an internal struggle within our community mm -hmm. of you're not doing enough or you're not putting out there what you, you're doing enough. Um, and so I yeah. do think some of that is internalized and some of that is it's toxic. And I think sometimes we look laterally at each other and try and place blame there instead of looking forward and like who's actually doing the oppressing here um yeah. and letting that be the focus and not trying to police the way that we protest and i think i yeah. read well did you okay oh, i was just gonna say i remember like reading a infographic that sort of talked about like the different roles that you might play in a movement like you have people that are you know, the planners, you have people that are the spokespersons, you have people that are going to be on the front lines, you have people that want to be more behind the scenes. And so I think understanding that there are levels to it. And just like you said, sometimes even just existing in the wholeness of who you are is enough to mm -hmm. benefit the greater good. Yeah, I agree. Do you feel that 
that is what you kind of spent your time doing did you feel like you were like just more reflective and I mean, you can act anyways. I don't know how much you need to perfect, but, <laughs> you know, but, you yeah, know, what I do mean, you I... feel you were using your time, you know, doing while everything, I mean, you have your, your full-time job and, you know, there's a lot of learning there, but, you know, what else were you, you, you felt you were doing as far as growing yourself? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was about recalibrating for myself like what what is important um mm-hmm. i think it was hard for me to do that when i had so much stuff going on like i i i've always been sort of a busy bee um mm-hmm. that has a ton going on at all times and so i would say at the start of quarantine it was the first time where it was like wow i don't have a job like i i realized i had I hadn't been unemployed since high school. So it was the first time in a while (laughs) that I was like, wow, I don't. And of course, I told you, I got off the plane and the next day I was at a job interview. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like. You be moving. You be moving very quickly. Listen, (laughs) listen, I do. I will say that. And when you got that um, real estate job, I was like, what? Well, first of all, when I found out you were in real estate, it's like, when did this happen? Because you have to get a license, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got that. <laughs> when did you have time to do that? Yeah. I was basically, yeah. So, it was it was crazy. Because, I mean, again, yo. like, I was with my sister, my sister-in-law and my brother. They were both going into work at, like, 7 a.m. My brother went to work at, like, 5. And then my sister-in-law would go into work at, like, 7, 7.30. So I would wake up, actually, like, around 6 go out for a run or a walk and then start taking care of my niece from like seven to like three when my brother got home and then gotcha. i would like start classes um and do them like online so yeah i would say like i needed the time and i almost wish i had that time back because people would talk about like oh quarantine i'm you know getting so much time for myself but for me because i was mm-hmm. helping raise my niece riley it was a very different mm-hmm. kind of quarantine, but a quarantine that I'm still very grateful for to have that time with family because I wasn't, I had already moved um, when she was born. So I'd only seen her like a couple of times before then. So it was nice oh, to be able to like yeah. ha- build a relationship with her and, um, and also just, you know, be with family during that time. So I'm super grateful for that because I can't even imagine like if I wasn't on tour and if I was in New York at the time like it would be a very different experience like I don't know if I would have stayed or just gone out of LA and been paying rent on a place that I'm not (laughs) living in which a lot of people had to do yeah so true so you know now you are you know doing full-time real estate work Um, things are slowly opening back up Uh, I don't know where we are with the theaters opening back up i've heard rumors so i don't know yeah yeah but you know how has um you know what do you feel that transition is going to be for you now that you are you know this real estate agent but you're a a creative like a creative creative so what does that look like for you getting back into the swing of things honestly it's it's crazy like it's happening right now like i think within the last two weeks um they just announced that broadway is opening back up as of september 14th 
Um, A lot of tours are are going out as of this summer. And so in the past few weeks, I've gotten auditions and it's like, okay, I got to fit this audition in and then go work for this client for a few hours and then go audition again. Like even tomorrow, I have to film a dance audition, meet with the client. Then I have a live audition and then I'm touring with another client. And then I have another self tape that I got literally like two hours ago that's due tomorrow before 9 a.m. I'm tired. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like. I'm taking a nap. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, okay, but. It's a lot. It's a lot. But at the end of the day, here comes the, the overthinking is like, okay, well, I moved to New York to be an actor. So am I going to turn down opportunities to do a job that I didn't necessarily move to New York for? AKA real estate, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. then thinking about long-term and like wanting to build wealth for my future family, does Mm -hmm. it make more sense for me to invest in a career financially that might better support my long-term goals? Yeah. Oh, see, that's why I can't be no full-time creative right now. I'm I'm too like, I got to know everything and i think i mean you can get to a point as a creative where you are um you understand the flow and you 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 your finances are your finances are mm, predictable i guess because that's what right. I, need. I need to know like what when, when i'm gonna get paid how much it's gonna be what is the cadence of this um and if it's not that i'm like um i'm a little confused <laughs> what to do <laughs> no it's so, hard um, it's hard yeah. i mean do you think you what do you think it would take for you to be a full-time creative? Man, I don't know. I feel like, honestly, those types of questions are, it's hard when you are not, well, I think first you got to see yourself as a full-time creative. Uh, I see. Do you want to do this thing full-time? And then what what steps does it take for you to do that? So I think kind of like you did where you just take the leap and then you're like well I'm doing it so I have no other choice I think I would have to really really be passionate about the creative thing that I would want to do I think for me I like to be creative but I haven't been like there's so many things I'm interested in. I'm interested in writing music. I'm interested in obviously this podcast. I'm, I'm interested in painting sometimes. I'm interested in, you know, visual arts and stuff like that as far as um, motion pictures type stuff. And I think if I ever got to a point where I'm honing in on this is the thing I really like to do, mm-hmm. I think I will be more inclined to be like, okay, I'm going to just try this thing out. But I'm not there yet and I don't know if it's me limiting myself like I'm because like I said before like having a stable what even stable means but having a stable job is something that I overthink that's always in my mind like I have to have this 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 check coming every two weeks right, or whatever right. every month, whatever that is um, if I can break away from that, because most creatives don't necessarily get that, or most people who have their own, run their own anything, they don't necessarily get get um, consistent income. You know, it's just right. It's enough for them to to live, but you know, and, and do their thing. But 
I think if I ever broke my broke free from that thought of needing that, I would probably take more risk. But I don't think I've had the opportunity to really explore the maybe the bounds of my create my creativity to know what I would want to do. But I do think the more that I am exploring it, I'm getting closer and closer. I'm like, oh, I like this, and I like this, and right. this is the the direction I want to go in. So. I'm just trying to get in the direction. I don't know what that end thing looks like, but yeah. I mean, to answer your question, I don't know what it will take, but I know it have to be something for me, very major and like personal. Like I have to do this. There is no other choice because I think a lot of times we want to ease into it. Let me try this thing and let me try this. But sometimes you got to be like, no, no, I'm just going to do it. Right. I'm not really that kind of person. I've done that like once in my life as far as jobs (laughs) go. And it worked out. But I'm like, yo, you know how long it took me to make that decision? Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And (laughs) that's the thing, like, you know, I I don't even know that you have to be thinking like, oh, if you're not a full-time creative, then therefore your work is invalid or your art is invalid. I don't even think it's that. And not to say that you said that. You're right. But sometimes I think people feel that. Like, oh, if I'm not trying to do it 100% of the time... I'm not on the same level or the same caliber. And I don't think it's that at all. Um, yeah. And I feel like if yeah. you're not we 100% about journeys. it, then don't do it because it's hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't be out here on 50%, right. 80%. Right, you can be half-stepping. You know, no. Yeah. no, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, you know, I am, we're going to wrap things up, but like, I am really excited to to kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'm not excited. I don't know. I've been thinking about <laughs> like, well, getting back to normal. Like, what does that even mean? And I, don't, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if I can get back to normal. And what what does that look like for me? Because I'm like, mind you, I'm just sitting here at my desk and I've put sanitizer on probably twice. <laughs> There's no one in this room. What am I doing? <laughs> you know, so like, what is normal? I, feel you. I know I'm not the only person that does this, but I'm like, my our minds over the last year has shifted so much. Right. So doing the things that we did before, I think for some people they can get you know right back into it and be fine. I think for other people it's gonna be like, oh, I can't. I'm. This is the route I'm. I'm going. You know, as far as lifestyle. So, you know, I'm just trying to find the balance in in that. But I was gonna say, like, I'm excited, potentially, I guess, for yeah. things to open back up so I can experience creatives more. Like, yeah. I love going to like live music. Right. And, you know, we're in LA, so there. Well, I'm in LA. If you in New York, first, you know. if you could pick your first concert to go back to, like, who would you be like? Yes, I'm going to the concert. So first, we're gonna go to um, <laughs> we're gonna go to a little um, jam session first. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for a concert. But so I mean, if there's one up, artist, but, if there was um, one artist that was like, listen, you know, look, there's just a couple people. Oh and you already know one of them. Like this could have been in the middle of pandemic. This could have been last year, July first. If Beyonce was like, yeah. "I'm doing a concert," <laughs> I will go. I will be there. Yeah, I was about to say Beyonce <laughs> probably is one of the only people that I will be there. Moment, I would be like, "Listen, I will go in a hazmat suit, 
and right I, I'll, I'll look i may risk it all i don't know like i may just <laughs> and you, you saw <laughs> her at coachella right i did uh, yes so she flew jealous. right over me she flew right over me i'm so jealous i've never um, seen her live oh you are missing out oh i'm dear. aware i'm like oh my i know and mind you, I think now she's like, I'm a whenever I do it, I do it. So that's why I'm like, she has a like, family. Concert, I have to be there because the fact that I miss on the run one and two is it, it hurts my soul. And then seeing homecoming, I was just like, oh my god, oh, such a moment, such a moment. But I mean, I'm also down for some of the greats. I mean, one of the things that me and Clay were doing, uh, were well, we were. Well, one thing I I really want to do, and he was just down to do it with me, is just see more of our greats while they're here. Mm-hmm. So the year before last, we went to see, we saw Tony Braxton, we saw Anita Baker. Oh, um, wow. I think that summer I, had, I went to Essence Fest, and I think oh, um, Patty, yeah. Patty LaBelle the was there. We, it was either that year or the year before. Is that the one mm-hmm. we went to? Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many people that, have influenced our lives especially you know us being influenced by music so much and i'm like i have never seen this person why why is that the thing so that was my thing so when the pandemic hit i was supposed to see brandy we were supposed to see the backstreet boys say what you want but the backstreet boys have harmonies oh so (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah so all of these like concerts that we were planning on going to were, were canceled and you know i love brandy too so she was like that would be more of a smaller thing. I don't want to see. I don't need to see her in like a big. You know, yeah, I feel like she would be really dope but, in like an intimate setting. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so music, those things, I'm really you know, looking forward to, and you know, obviously, all of the my friends and people that I know that are actors and in the industry like that, for them to be working again, like that's really cool, and a lot of these sets and places that you were talking about earlier have figured out a way how do we continue to do this thing even before we were really open again right so I'm, exactly. I'm happy for for y'all now theater i don't know what y'all gonna do because that's that's rough well i mean the thing is with the, the cdc they're saying if you're not if you're vaccinated you kind of don't have to wear masks anymore mm, and so i don't I know mean, if i trust american i mean for to tell the truth I have so many thoughts on that. I don't even want to get into it. I'm just like, um, I'm just like, what? I don't understand fully, but okay. All right. Right. <laughs> but, exactly. you know, that's why it is I'm what it is. Like, I mean, I just I think, I think Broadway theaters, unfortunately, will probably be open at capacity by the time we get to fall and you won't have to wear a mask just based yeah. on what the guidelines are. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll keep everybody just stay in prayer. I hope y'all oh. fasting out there. Yes. And uh, <laughs> please <laughs> look absolutely. And I'm afraid that right. the Moderna stays well in my body. Amen. Right, right. But so you know, we're wrapping things up. So do you have any final words you want to leave the people with, or final thoughts, if you will? Oh gosh. Um. You don't have to. You can just be like. Take care, (laughs) y'all. I was going to say, just, you know, take time to check in with yourself. I feel like that's something that I 
know I can do more of. And I feel like in this time more than ever, COVID has really given people more time than they usually want to sit with themselves. And so just Mm -hmm. finding ways to do that authentically, even when things quote unquote open back up or go back to normal. That's something I'm really trying to incorporate into my life is to check in with myself more regularly. So, so, all right. So before we head out, um, you know, just tell us, well, not necessarily, we have a couple more things. So, okay. Yeah. So just tell us, where can we find you? If you want people to find you. (laughs) Yes. Um, so I am at Liz Adabale on all platforms. So that's L I Z. A-D-A-B-A-L-E. Um, so at Liz Adabale on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, or if you want to go to my website, www.elizabethadabale.com. Elizabeth. Yeah, she got to go put the full government. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, y'all. That's a wrap for today. Liz, thank you so much for showing up. Thanks it for was having me. All the greatness. Good catching up, good talking about navigating quarantine as a creative, because I know it's difficult for a lot of you out there. So here's a perspective to share. And, you know, I'm just excited for y'all to get back to work for those who are, have been struggling. I know y'all are making it work, but yes, yes. Please remember to subscribe to The Great Overthinker on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Great Overthinker. If you have any listener questions or would like to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at thegreatoverthinker.com. Okay, that's all we got today. Enjoy the day. Until next time. Bye, Liz. Bye. Bye, (laughs) y'all. Bye.